Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Good Gamers. I am your host, James Smith, and I am joined today by... Vaden. Hey Vaden, how you doing? I'm good, how about you? I'm doing good, you know, having a nice relaxing, uh, I guess it's soon to be Saturday, <laughs> but uh, currently Friday, so it's, it's pretty good. Um, so, uh, would... What games are you currently playing right now? Oh, I'm playing a lot of games, so that's, should I try to condense it down a little bit? It's, I'm playing a number of mobile games, um, like Fire Emblem Heroes, Pokemon Go, Pikmin Bloom, like uh, Final Fantasy Record Keeper, and so on. Uh, beyond that, I'm playing I game, a bunch of games with people like online. I play uh, Rocket League, play um, um, Vermintide, I play... Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, and hopefully you'll be innovating soon. That's the new expansion just came out. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of other games on the side, essentially, ever so often. Nice, nice. The, um, what are you, what are you up to? Um, well, currently, uh, I, don't, I don't play as much games. Uh, like, I love playing games, but I, uh, like, I have a very short attention span. I'm one of those people that, like, if I sit too long playing a video game, I feel like I need to do something else. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing playing this video game? You need to do something creative. What's wrong with you? That's just me. Uh, it, it, be it like, I don't know, like, oh, I need to do my laundry or, oh, I need to do this. And then, and then I'm like, uh, you know, like I got my Pokemon Go app while I'm also doing like writing jokes. Well, it, yeah, yep, yep. It, it's, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, that's how I operate. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know how helpful it is, yeah, but, um, but, uh, the last time that I traveled anywhere, cause, uh, the, I think it was 2019. I went to PAX East, which was in Boston, I believe, wow. or PAX Unplugged, whatever, but it was in Boston. That's the point. And, um, they had, they were supposed to have a big Final Fantasy fourteen announcement. Like, the dude was coming from Japan, and then it got canceled because, you know, that was the start of COVID. And um, and they ended up doing, like, a digital, like, him broadcasting from Japan and talking about, like, the new classes that were in there and, like, the new thing. And at, at the booth, they were giving away these uh, sweaters, these Final Fantasy fourteen sweaters. They were, like, I think black and purple or whatever. And the person's like, hey, you want a sweater? I was like, I've never owned a sweater, but I'll take it, sure. Uh, I, I've never played Final Fantasy fourteen. I've watched plenty of people play Fantasy fourteen. I Like, I love Final Fantasy. You know, that's my favorite game is Final Fantasy seven. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, like, my favorite video game character is Sethroth. Oh. You know, because, uh, like, uh, like, I really, like, I, I really, like, uh, I know it's going to sound weird, but I really, like, connect with him you know what i mean like i know he's a fictional character but i'm just saying like like sethroth right he thinks that he's doing good you know he's trying to ascend and become an a a god you know and and he's trying to like correct the wrongs that he that that he saw in the world you know what i mean that's and, and so like that that felt like me i'm like like, I'm not trying to, you know, summon meteor and destroy the world or anything. I hope not. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, I always feel like an obligation to do better than, you know, like, and then I feel like, oh, I must be overstopping, I must be overstepping my boundaries, 
you know, so I, I have to check myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, like, oh, you, you need help with this? I can help you with this. Oh, you don't want any help? Okay, fine, I won't help you, you know? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, I don't know how I am, but I, I do my best not to, to do that too much. Um, so, I don't know if you remember this or not, that's perfectly fine. But do you remember the first game that you ever played? The very first game would probably be like, uh, I think it would actually be Pong. Because <laughs> like, oh. I actually play, I remember playing actual Pong a long, long time ago. And it was, it's a fun game. Like even now you can still play it easily. And, you know, I think that's the first game that got, really got me into it. There's, yeah, I, I, like, it's just, it just fascinating because it's, especially if you think about it, because nowadays it, it's, a, it's basically a multiplayer game. Yes. Back, back, all the way back then, that had like you know, you know, like a, like a, it would last forever basically as long as you want because it's a competitive game. You're playing against people. You basically can play it forever because there's no there's no real end goal essentially. You just have to beat your opponent and get better at it. And that's it. There's no story. There's nothing like that. It's like I don't know. The audio effects are pretty minimal. It's just yeah. It's a fun game that you can play for a long time. It's like it's kind of like a, a you know like a classic game like chess or or go whatever. Like it's just it only stands the test time because there's no real conclusion you just play it and you enjoy it if you stop if you stop enjoying it you stop playing it that's it yeah that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense now i like i've said before on the podcast um like i'm not 100 percent sure about what the first game that i played was i think it could have been ellis island on the pc um or maybe oregon trail along those lines uh you know like the little green screen and uh, type thingy um yeah, or or maybe it was Street Fighter. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, the first Street Fighter, you know, with just oh, Ken and Ryu, yeah. no one else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I've played a lot of games since then. Um, but uh, is there like um, a defining moment for you in gaming history that you think gets overlooked? Overlooked. Um, I think. Uh, I think Secret of Mana is, uh, was probably one of the most innovative games that ever came out. Because mm. at the time, you didn't see a lot of multiplayer games in general. And this was not only a multiplayer game, it was an action RPG. And most RPGs at the time were like, the JRPG style was very, you know, like Final Fantasy. It was, it was, it was turn-based, it was yeah. static, and like, and, and also like it was single player. So, and, and the combat was much, it was there, but you didn't really care about it. People weren't playing Final Fantasy back in the day for the combat really like the combat is it's it's kind of interesting to some degree but it's kind of also a lot of like random counters are there for a reason like they're not there to be fun they're there to grind time essentially but Shikamata everything was fun I enjoyed going through the game finding all the monsters of the game progressing through it I played I played with my friends my brother because it's, it's, you can play up to three people at a time yes and it was amazing you can play at a party of your friends and your family you can play with and go through the entire game and at the time, it was pretty groundbreaking. Like, I think it's a lot of people underrate like just how innovative it was for its time, and I really appreciate that. Especially now, like even nowadays, I would like a lot of games like that, and you really see a game that does that well because it's a very hard game to make. It's not easy to make a good RPG in general, and then making one that's multiplayer and also has it's also innovative in various ways. Like the combat system was also very interesting. Like because you could you would charge your abilities. You would just run one drop the people on attack. You would you had you had a hundred percent meter essentially. So you attack and it would your meter would drain. And yeah. every time and then it would go back up slowly over time. 
So you'd have to essentially time your skills. So that that uh, timing element was something you didn't see in a lot of RPGs. Like Very true. you see, I kind of saw that to some degree in later ones like uh, Mario RPG and stuff like that, where like you would time your abilities to, to do most damage. And Secret of was was one of the games that really helped push that. Yes, I agree. I agree. The um, uh, you were saying before about how. Like uh, a lot of people are not playing RPGs for the the combat necessarily. It was more strategy end, but uh, I remember like playing, uh, you know, like the one one attack kind of thing, like in Final Fantasy, like the original Final Fantasy. One attack, okay. One attack, okay. You know, and and then playing Kingdom Hearts the first one and being like completely blown away about how you could move around an attack. I was like, since when can you move around an attack? What? What happened to this one at the time? I'm like, this really threw me off. But again, the first first Kingdom Hearts I really enjoyed. I didn't. I fell off after the second one because it just really got weird for me. <laughs> like, like, um, uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, uh, the guy that was watching the awards with Maud and Trisha, he was talking about how Mickey was being very existential. And and talking about it, I was just like, yeah, yeah, Mickey, you, you've gone a little too far for me, pal. Uh, but uh, still a great series. I'm just saying it. It it, it was just weird. But going back to the combat, it was just like I was blown away that you could move around and attack. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it was three D, right? Like even the first one was three D. Like you would yes. jump up and like actually have air attacks and stuff like that too. So it was just like a two D game. The action oriented. Also, you also had a whole other dimension to go through. Exactly, exactly. Like, uh, I don't know if this was your favorite thing in Final Fantasy, but my favorite thing was always the summons. When you oh. would summon, like, Ifrit or, or any of the other uh, elemental spirits. And then Disney did their version of it, where you could get Simba and all these other people. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, um, I don't know if you ever played Final Fantasy World, which is basically, like, chibi versions of the Final Fantasy characters. Like they have a small body but a big head, and nah, I can't play that one, play. but um, you could summon characters from the Final Fantasy uh, nah. realm, you know, like Titus, Sethroth, whatever. And even though like they were tiny, they were still cool. Like 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 if you summon Sethroth, he literally sets the place of flame, and then he flies in, and then he just like walks out of the flame, like in in the seven. Uh, cut and it's just like this is this is great so you know it's you know stuff like that i appreciate it's you know the the artwork and the 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 motion if, as it were right? yeah. yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of uh, like one of the mobile games i mentioned i played was uh, i play is final fantasy record keeper and basically it's like a kind of a homage homage to like uh various final fantasy games it's turn based to some degree at least but like um like in that game, you basically can play characters from all Final Fantasy games. So you, everything from one to, to to fifteen to Type Zero to Tactics, everything. And basically, um, what, what happened was uh, what was interesting was um, like uh, in that game, yes, thing called Soul Breaks. You build up your, your attack meter essentially by doing damage to enemies yes. by taking damage, and you'd essentially so someone do a Soul Break, and Soul Break would essentially be an ability, special power that would. Bring, usually bring up a, a scene from like, the game. So it'd be really cool was basically see scenes of like, okay, let's say you have a scene from like Sephiroth, you know, summoning a meteor or something, whatever, you know, and that's a big, his soul break ability. That's one of the things he would do. So you kind of brought the scene back for a short time 
to kind of give you know to kind of trigger that nostalgia to you, and I love it. Like if you love fantasy games in general, like it'll help you. It'll help bring back a lot of good memories. Enjoy. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. The um, I know like uh, Persona is a very popular uh, JP JRPG, and uh, I, like I have uh, played. Um, I, I played the three, four, and five. I never played any of the earlier Personas, but I I remember playing the, the Persona three, and uh, like Persona has a very very uh, catchy music. I don't know if you ever yeah, and I like one of them, I think. and uh, I remember playing Persona with you know like I would play it for a lot because Personas. I just thought it was cool that you could make. You could mix the other things and make them stronger and, you know, and, and summon them and whatnot. It was very cool. Yep. And my sister, she would come over to me and she'd be like, can you mute this TV? She's like, these songs in here are getting stuck in my head, you know, and, and I can't concentrate because, like, it, I, there's, and then when I did mute it, every time she would come in and play, like, come in through the room and watch me playing, she'd start singing the song. <laughs> Like, you know, making, like, the lyrics that she thought it was. And uh, one of them, like, from Persona 3 was, like, trance, I'm going to put you in a trance. Yeah, yeah, move the body. And I was just like, it's just so funny, like, how it is, you know, because you wouldn't expect that type of music in a Persona game, but that's just Persona. It's quirky. It's weird. Uh, Yeah, it's very modernist, right? Like, it has a very much, like, kind of modern, like, feel to it. Like, you feel like you're, like, in in the real world, essentially. Exactly. It's fantasized. You know, it's been modified that way. Exactly. So it's really cool because it feels like it's it's almost more real than most games because it it feels more relatable than, you know, people in knights, knights in medieval armor or something. You know, it's, it's, it feels like you're like high school students or something. You know, they're in a school and they're just hanging out and then this crazy stuff happens to them. And then that's how their life, you know, begins. So it's it's really, um, it's really gets people into it more than most other, very more immersive, I think, than most other things. I understand. Uh, Most other games types that, um, you know, I was to ask you, actually, you mentioned before the arcades. Did you, uh, did you play a lot of, uh, um, a lot of games in the arcade? Like, you, you say Street Fighter, you played. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I was all about going to the arcades that were in the nearby pizzeria or, uh, you know, whatever. There were areas, you know, they like called Fun Zone or Dave and Buster's or yeah. Two Bird Circus, whatever. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, they would have, like, the various games where you put the quarters in or the card, depending on where you were. And, uh, yeah, so I, I played a whole bunch of those games. Uh, the, the only games I don't really play that much are virtual reality because I get very motion sickness. The only time that I didn't really get sick was playing um, Beat Saber. Beat Saber, I didn't feel nauseous at all. I thought it was very fun. But other ones, I I've, I felt very dizzy or, like like, loss of... You know, like I, I was like I, I couldn't grasp where I was because it was like disorienting. Exactly. Yeah, it takes a while to get used to. I think. Yeah. I, I've only played like one VR game ever, and like my friend had it, so I tried it. But like, because I can't even wear my glasses with it, yeah. my vision's terrible. That glasses, like, I can have a good experience. I couldn't see what's going on. I literally, have, my friend had to literally direct me as to what I was going to be doing all the time to even play the game. Yeah. So it's pretty bad. My eyes, I are definitely not good enough for that kind of stuff. So I don't know how I feel. I don't. I don't, I don't know if I get. I don't know if I get sick essentially or have motion sickness, because um, I just haven't had a really good experience with that yet. But if one day I get my eyes fixed, uh, like LASIK or whatever, then I can try it again and see if I if I enjoy it 
right now is just kind of a space where it's like there's a lot of cool ideas in the VR space, but there's not a lot of like killer games like that get people into it. And yeah. Unfortunately, that's what you need. Like you know, it costs so much money, costs, costs requires like so much like, space. You know, it's like you need all these, all, you all these like a uh, accommodations to even play the VR game. And, and right now, the games are, are not there yet. Really, that people you have to get people into them. You know, there's like a halo of, of that, that universe yet. There's no like the Mario Brothers stuff that get out there. Yeah, you know, iconic like games brand. That yeah. Wants to play. Exactly. Yeah, they have some cool games that people love. Like Beat Saber. There's definitely some high game, high quality games. I think um, a friend of mine really loves um, uh, Half Life. Half the Half Life game they put out, Half Life Alex, is supposed to be like, the best VR game essentially, and uh, they take advantage of it completely. So that's probably the closest they can think of. But yeah. I haven't played that. I play half of the Half-Life games, but that, that's one of the games I would be interested in for sure if I actually started playing uh, VR games. I hear you. I hear you. The, um, I'm, I'm sure that I've said this joke in a chat, you know, like on Twitch before, but uh, Resident Evil has a VR game. It's Resident Evil 4 VR. And I always joke with people, I go, oh, hey, you should totally try Resident Evil in, in VR. And every time when, I, you know, unless the person likes horror games, generally they don't spend that much time playing this game because it freaks them out so much and it's the funniest thing like i can't remember like the name of the video i saw it on youtube a long time ago but this person was playing like the beginning of like resident evil 4 or whatever and they i think they like a zombie was chasing them or whatever this person literally flipped this thing out and was like i'm out i'm out i'm done (laughs) She's like, no more, no more. I need Mario Kart to cleanse my soul. You know, it's yeah, it's it's it it very funny, like to see that reaction. Um, yeah, like, I I've never got to horror games, and I thought Resident Evil I played is like Resident Evil. I think it's Resident Evil. I think it was four actually, because I can't remember. It's, it's one that's very action oriented, like the one with like uh, I think her name is Jill or no, her name is Ashley, and you, you have to have to like escort her around the yeah, the it's place. definitely four. Yeah, and, yeah, and, like I enjoy the game, but I never played the VR version, but like. And it's only really more because of the action stuff. Like I'm not, because the horror part doesn't really get to me, get to the game interested. So I wouldn't like the other ones, I think. But if that's funny you mentioned, because that's the one game in the series I've actually played. Gotcha, gotcha. Did you ever play Metal Gear Solid, the one for PlayStation? I never played it, but I have a friend who, her friends who love that kind of stuff, and so like I tried watching them play, and it's just like when you when we come at it from a from an outsider perspective, yeah. you have no context. It's just madness. Like it's like you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, hey, like, I have no going. clue. It just seems like people trying to be like, so she seems like almost like pseudo pseudo philosophy kind of stuff, like random concepts throw in. Like it, it feels disconnected. I mean, it makes sense because I'm I'm outside of it, but like it's still like even people who play and like it like it a lot, they don't understand half of it. <laughs> like yeah. they don't know what's going on. They just love the game still. Just, I hear you. Yes, yes. The, did you get into it? Oh, I I played a lot of it. Uh, I I I found it very enjoyable because. Um, uh, I had, uh, you know, like when you beat the game or, or, or something like that, uh, you, you get like certain perks. And, uh, one of the things that I used to like to do was put on the sneaking suit, which basically makes you invisible. Sure. And so, um, like the AI wasn't the, the smartest. So you could literally go up to the AI, punch them in the face and they go, huh? And then you put on the, the, the sneaking suit, and they go, where did he go? And then you, you come back up, punch him in the face, they go, huh? Go back in. It was, it was the funniest thing. You know, like, and especially, like, when you would have to, like, escort, like, um, Otacon, 
he's like a scientist and the thing. You had to, yep. uh, you had to escort his sister out of a base, right? And it was usually a hassle because she wasn't. She would rarely follow your directions. She would get stuck in a corner or whatever, you know. <laughs> and so you'd have to be very slow with moving with her. So I would get frustrated with the character and make funny situations. Like, uh, like I would put like a proximity mind and then she would cross and then it'd be like, game over, you know. Or, you know, yeah. like like throw her to the enemy just, just to see what the outcome was. It's stuff like that. Stuff that's not supposed to be part of the script, but you're making it fun because you're frustrated about how they're trying to tell you to go. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That, that stuff's amazing. I love that stuff in games. I like, like they call it like a... Well, depends on the game, but it depends a bit. But you just call it like emergence. Like when you have elements in the game that are that are tend to be a certain way, but then when you um, you combine multiple elements to ways that the developers didn't intend, essentially, you get things that you know no one expected happen, and then just it's fun because it becomes like a sandbox. And once you start playing around, you get to do things that were not uh, were not supposed to happen. Like that's one of the things you see a lot with like you know collision stuff. You know, there's especially ragdoll collision where people characters will like fly around the screen like crazy when they're not supposed to just because they, yes. they hit things that they shouldn't hit like that was not programmed for them to hit and so there was no that there in the programming for them to uh to to know how to react just the, the system just goes okay we'll just throw them in there i guess and just start flying in the air like crazy and spitting whatever exactly crazy stuff online <laughs> it's it's fun i love it yeah. it, it is it's de- definitely fun they the um one of the things that, uh like uh with the I think it's the Resident Evil, the two, the re- the remake, right? Um, the, like when you would uh, kill the zombies, sometimes the zombies would fall in like awkward positions, you know, like um, and, and, and you just be like like the zombie would be coming down the stairs trying to get you, and you'd be like, "Not today, pal!" You know, and you shoot him in the leg or whatever, and then they just like fall down the stairs or. Or like um, I didn't do this, but I saw it on YouTube. Was a guy was facing Mister X, you know, the big guy with the hat, and then they would pull out the the rocket launcher, and then Mister X would turn around, and <laughs> he wouldn't want to face him anymore. He'd try and run away, which I thought was funny. And um, but yeah, I loved I love that stuff in games like uh, with Grand Theft Auto. I've never I've never really finished a Grand Theft Auto game because I've always found it fun to just get into a car and do the jumps or just see how long I can last with the four stars of emergency, you know, like, because I always found that part the most fun. I was like, doing missions? Who cares about that? Just, let's just destroy this whole town and see what happens. Yeah. And, and you know, it's very funny. Uh, oh, yeah, I agree. I, um, I, I, I don't know if you've watched much in the way of, you know, um, like um, like um, speed running. Like, have you seen speedrunners? I have. I've seen speedrunning uh, before. Oh, so then you know, yeah. The way they collect out the games, the way they, they abuse the behavior of uh, the AI, and like they manipulate, like uh, the way the game the systems the systems work. Yeah, it's really impressive. And like you said, you see all of us fun stuff. Like, like you see, like they just all sorts of crazy stuff happens. That's because that's the that they're, 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 that the developers never intended. And so. The game just gets completely broken. Like it's to such crazy degrees. Uh, I, I love seeing it too. Exactly, exactly. Um, I I can't remember what convention it was, but I wanted to go see. Uh, it was like I don't know if it was a championship or it was just a regular speed run, but it was the guy was playing. I think it was regular Mario or Super Mario Three, one of them, and 
It was an hour long. The special was supposed to be like an hour long, you know, the event. And I I think I was like 10 minutes late or something like that. And the event was over. And I was like, I was like, wow, that was really quick. You know, I was like, I was 10 minutes late and it's already over. And, and, you know, I don't know why it was so short, but I was just like, I was expecting this to be longer and it was not. <laughs> yeah, see, that's bizarre because that should happen because normally um, when the speakers um, do speed running, they, they give estimates of how long the game will take to beat. And then from there, they, they do the, the estimate and usually they'll go up or down by a little bit. Not, yeah. Usually pretty pretty accurate estimates. And then beyond that, after they do that, sometimes they'll have like uh, exhibitions where they'll do like, they'll show off like glitches, show off uh, systems they may break in the game. And then, so they should, well, in fact, the, only, the fact that you're late 10 minutes and they stopped is really bizarre. <laughs> like yeah. something must have gone wrong there because even if they beat the game early, there's just other stuff they could show. It's, exactly, exactly. It's, like, it's again, I didn't ask why it was 10 minutes. I was just like, oh, I guess guess it's done. I'll leave. You know, I didn't like bother to, but I just thought it was interesting. That happens sometimes. But, uh, sure. you know, there could be, you know, like technical issues or whatever. I was, yeah. again, I didn't ask. Yeah, uh, but I was just like, okay, it's not here anymore. Um, sure. But, uh, so, I'm wondering, like, if you were to make a game, it doesn't necessarily have to be a video game, um, what would it, what would it be? What would it be like? You know, do you have anything in mind? Well, yeah. So I've, I've actually been making games like to some degree, like, um, like, uh, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm basically a DM. I've, I'm, I've done some campaigns in uh, not D D specifically. That I'm doing that D and D. Hopefully by the end of the month, I'll, I'll start that D and D campaign. Yes. Um, I, I made a, I made a couple of small games like my own, just like indie games, like just one was a play platformer, and one the one I'm making right now actually it's almost done is like a like a, a puzzle game like a very like zen like puzzle game like relaxing game cool like it's a, like basically it's like a, about it's a piece of like it's about creating like essentially like a, a an image or such a, or a style uh, and like a, a style say an image or like a picture with, by using like the blocks that are in the screen so like a so piece of artwork like, like, yeah so yeah so if you think about like kind of like a like a, like a match three puzzle game like a the columns or something or like uh Candy Crush, you know, yeah, these blocks on the screen, and then in that case, they're candies. And my my case, they're leaves. And the leaves, when they fall, they they land in certain spots, and you can change those leaves into a certain color. And when it's, when it's that color, it sticks and goes permanent. It becomes like gray leaf, a memory leaf. Once you have once it's, it's stuck like that, it's permanent. And then you um you create those leaves essentially in a pattern around the screen, and then it gives you an image. Like like for example, you, if it's like a straight image up and down the screen, it could be like a pencil or something, or it could be like. Or if you have like a like I've had ones where like like a bomb or something or like a apple or like a various other things. So you can create these images essentially in the game, and that's how you essentially recall them. Uh, basically, create memories. And, and I've been working on the game for a while, and hopefully I can release it this year at some point. Um, I'm just waiting on art. I think at this point, for the most part. So yeah, for me, like I have a million games I want to make. I've written so many game ideas down, especially yeah. RPGs. Like I've, I, for a while, my friends and I worked on an RPG we were going to make. We never actually did. We just wrote the ideas, lots of ideas, which is great. But ideas are alone are not, you know, enough. You have to actually yes. execute on it and do the programming, do the art. You have to put the, the rest of the work in because the inspiration is is very important. But it's only the very very beginning. You, the rest of the work is the hard work. You have to actually convey those game ideas into actual mechanics that people can actually interact with you know of course so that's that's the hard part so 
I had I've had various many other game ideas I want to make and I want to work on them at some point in my life. But I want to first get this game out of the way so I can you know get it out there, people can see it, and then I can get people's reactions. Then I can move on and work on these other games that I would like to make. So I've been learning. I, I use like uh, um, this this application called um, Game Maker. So that's a pretty. It's, it's a fairly well known one. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of it. I I can't say that I have. Sorry. Okay, no, 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 it's, it's not that. It's not as popular as like Unity or something. Like Unity, you probably heard of, right? Yes. Unity. So Unity is probably one of the most popular indie one, and it's used by even some AAA uh, companies. It's it's extremely good. Uh, game Maker is much less like that. It's more like a, it's more used by indies. It's more better for two D stuff. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing for the most part. So it works better for my for what I'm doing. So, but there, there's some popular popular games that come from it, like uh, Spelunky uh, and like Undertale. Undertale, you've probably heard of, I think. I've heard of both of those. I own Spelunky. Yeah. I never finished um, it, but I own Spelunky. Um, I Undertale, played under. Yeah. I've never played Undertale, but I've seen plenty of people play Undertale. Yeah, I've never played either, but it's an, it's, it's a pretty amazing game, and people and it's amazing what full, one person can do. A lot of these times, like the one person developers are really. I really is something to, to be uh, you know appreciated because doing every single element of a game especially when it's sort of so different from each other like programming art audio writing you know of course like testing all these different things that are just very different from each other and you have to do them all one person is very hard like even most every game so I started value yeah you know she does like game and it's a one person game and it's it's very hard to see the game that, that good maybe one person usually yeah, it's very simple like, like, like I, I, made, I made one game myself it's awful, but I liked it. Yes, <laughs> I made it, and you know, and it's, it's nowhere near as complicated as that. And it's like, it's just it's it's, it's a huge ordeal. And so I really uh, respect those people that they can do all that work, and have all those different skills and disciplines. Sure, for so. certain. They um, when I was younger, this was a while ago. Uh, this was before Nintendo sixty four came out. This was like they had announced that it was coming out, but. You know, like there was, you know, no official launch or anything. And um, me being a person that loved fighting games and role playing games, I thought it would be cool to mix both of them together. So I made this game called Flash of Fury, which is basically where it was like a fighting game, but it had RPG elements and you had a time. You had to beat the game in a certain amount of time. Otherwise, you had to start all over again. You know, that's why it's called Flash of Fury. Um, and so me and my hubris wrote to Nintendo and was like, Hey, Nintendo, I heard that you're having trouble making games. I have a game for you. Would you like to make it? And I also wrote to Sega as well. And I was and telling them, like, hey, this is a great game. You, you know, you don't have to pay me. You just need to make it. That's all. I want to see the game made. And, you know, obviously they never wrote back to me. You know, yeah. but I just thought it was funny that, uh, you know, th- that they would write back at all. But yeah. uh, but uh, I had, like, the whole idea planned out. And then some time passed, and then they came out with a game called Tobal Number 1, oh, I which, that, yeah, which is very that. similar to the idea that I had, which was fighting yeah. game and RPG. But I was like, oh, great, someone made it. <laughs> you know, so, but there was no timeline as far as I know. Sure. I, I don't know if you ever played Breath of Fire, Breath of Fire series. But like, I know of those, yeah. There, there's one Breath of Fire game, I think it's four, I believe, where like there actually is a time limit, like it's like I said, where it's it's, it's like uh, if you don't beat the game a certain amount of time, or uh, basically you, your character essentially dies essentially, and then, and then you start over in the beginning. So it's like your character essentially has to like has a, a ability that lets them um, get overpowered temporarily. They get transformation. They transform into a dragon. Yeah. 
And it, at the point, at the certain part of the game, if you've done too much or if you've like gone too far in the game, time wise, I think it is. I can't remember if it's time or specifically, or it's just transforming too much. You essentially just overload it and just the game is, is over. You just die and that's it. So mm-hmm. you get him. So it's pretty crazy. But yeah, the, the, it's, it's it's funny because every idea that you think of, like, like you can think of, or I got to think of, really, someone's done it for the most part. But it's just the way, it's just it's more about like how you would spin it. Because like I said, you everyone has their ideas and build up tons of good ideas. It's just, the way you would you would actually translate those ideas into into an actual game varies so much a person. That's why, that's why I'm not worried about telling people like my game ideas or anything like that because I'm not worried if someone's still my idea because the way they would make their game would be different than the way I would make the game. Of course. So, I'm not, so it's like, it's not something to really be worried about too much in general. Like, some, some ideas might be low heart, but might be unique enough that you know, might be concerned. But for the most part, 99% of people, 99% of ideas, it's just cool to talk about it. You know, it's fun. I enjoy okay. discussing game ideas. People, it's one of the things I enjoy most. I love creating games. I love creating characters. I love like writing stories. All those things are very fun for me. I enjoy like that kind of like interaction with with the audience. Like as a, you know, like it's just a way for you to. Cause one of the things I always th- I think about is like when you're making games or you're making art in general. I feel like you have a connection with the audience. You have mm-hmm. a, you have a, if you like your game. Even if it's just like uh, you know, superficially or, may, or 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 more more deeply, depending on how much they're into it, you've made a connection with that person. You essentially you have a bond with them to some degree, even if it's a minor bond, you know. Yes. So it's really that's what I really feel about art in general. Like when someone says someone makes something I like, or you know, a content creator makes something I think it's great, you know, I appreciate it because I'm like, okay, you feel a connection to the, to the the content creator in that way. You feel like you know them to some degree. You know, you gotta be careful with how much you think you know about them based on that. But you do have something there, which is, and it's kind of, kind of a cool way that people around the world can catch each other through what they make, you know, through their creativity, through their visions, you know, through their the work they make, they do to make to make things real. Like you can see someone's someone's art from all across the world and feel like you're you know them to some degree, and it's great. That is great, yeah, hundred percent. So, like. Um... Would you say, like, I don't know if you do, but would you say that there is, like, a particular game developer or, or singular person that inspired you to do games or play games or make games? I would, I would say that Nintendo overall has, like, it, just because, like, even though uh, I love their games, but I can't think of any particular game that's, like, my absolute favorite from them. Like, any of my top ten games, I, I can't think of any game that would be in the top ten for them. I think maybe Smash, maybe Smash Brothers. Yeah. Smash Brothers is extremely unique and very very fun game, but they make so many good games in general, and they're such high quality. Like they really care about the basic gameplay loop. Essentially, you know, like what do you do in the game that that that's basically that's fun? Like you know, Mario jumps, he jumps over things. That's his thing. That simple mechanic is very very fun in their games. They and, and they really hammer it down to like a, a science. Like they have the basics of the game so perfectly done because it's it's just, it's, it's always it's always worthy of a lot of respect. So, like, whether it's Zelda or Mario or Smash Brothers or any other, most other franchises in general, like, you know, even ones I don't like particularly myself, like Metroid, I don't play Metroid, really. Yes. I, they, the way they, they, they get that gameplay loop down and they, they make it so fun and make it so interesting. And one of these also they do that's really impressive is teaching people. Like, the way they teach people to play the game it's really impre- it's really good. It's been tutorial wise because usually they don't have tutorials or what they do they're they're simple. You know they're 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 there for a short time. They don't have long complicated tutorials, but they teach you the game by, by making you play the game and by making each level is essentially is a tutorial. 
know? Yes, of course. In the beginning, so they do a really excellent job of, of teaching you how to play the game and making it fun. That's something that's like, I find particularly difficult myself. At least like, I think it's a skill that's kind of underrated, and it's a uh, like it's something that I would like to improve on personally. Because it's a it's a really valuable skill to get people into the game immediately, making it fun in that first like five minutes of playing the game, and making the players want to continue and play it more. You know, because the beginning is always the hardest part. And once once you get people to start playing, you know, it's still easy for people to quit. Like. Most games don't get finished. Even in games that are really good, um, they don't get finished most time. That's just the way this is the stats. Like, and even in a lot of people will stop games near the very beginning, first level or so or less, because people's head spans are low, or also just because they aren't engaged enough, fast enough. And there's so many options these days. Like you have a million games these days, and lots of them, tons of them are free. You yep. play a, a hundreds of thousands of games free online, and a large amount of them are really, really high quality games. Like that you can play so it's like you're like if i'm playing this game that i especially one that you bought you're like you're not having fun you're like why do i keep playing this game i just go play another game that i can try and enjoy it and so you have, you have to compete against that essentially and it's tough so because the good people players gamers have so many options these days it's uh you have to really do a good job in the beginning to get people into games and nintendo is i think the best at that in the world oh great great no no uh, i don't know if you've ever thought of this it's fine if you haven't but if you were to be allowed to live in any video game world, what video game world would you want to live in? Oh boy! So, am I assuming that like, I'm like I'm like a protagonist kind of character, or am I like a random NPC person? Well, you could be whatever you like. If you want to be the protagonist, that's fine. If you want to be an NPC, okay. Uh, you know, yes. it's you to answer however you like. Okay. I just mentioned because like a lot of these games, NPCs seem to. Just, Kind of live in fear, like the monsters are roaming the land. You know, it's like there's there's tons of danger yeah. everywhere. So random to see is like the world's crazy and dangerous yet, but the hero's fine. So I just wanted to mention that because yeah. it's one of the things they have to watch out for. But uh, very similar I, to I, the movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Okay, I didn't I didn't watch that, but I I think I, I know the premise. Okay. Yeah, he plays an NPC character that stops being an NPC p- character. That's the general premise of the movie. Oh, yeah, sure. That, okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what game would I would love to really be in? Like that, I think you would have the most like uh, interesting. Like one thing that I really like the most is worlds. Like having the world be interesting itself. Like I, I like exploring. Exploring is one of the things that I really enjoy. And in that case, um, I think that one of the worlds I really would enjoy the most, probably just because of how much variety there is and stuff, and how much uh, how beautiful the world is. It's probably Final Fantasy fourteen actually because it's MMO. There's a gigantic world. There's tons of variety of terrain, tons of variety of people, cultures, of races. Abilities, you can build up different magic, different sorts of things. You can fly in a whale. Yeah, you fly in a whale, you can fly in a whale. The airships, you, you know, you exactly. got some water technology there, so it's not just like, oh, we have to pee, like, you know, outside, you know? You exactly. Know, you have some, so it's like, you have some modern technology, you have some electricity, stuff like that, so it's, so it helps. And it, it's, a, it's a very beautiful world. There's so much, like, uh, splendor of the world, so much beauty, like, like you can, I would never get bored. Essentially, I've explored the world. And essentially, those, and those characters in those games are very like crazy. You can do fly. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff. Of course, you know. So, so you, as a protagonist, a character, you'd be able to do that. You'd be able to like go around fighting monsters. You could, you could go around. And you, you can craft things like it has a huge variety of learns. Like things you can do, like crafting, fighting, um, talking to people, various games, many games you play. So, like, I feel like based on the world itself, MMO is, I think, one of the better types of games. And Final Fantasy XIV is probably my favorite MMO that I've played in a while. Like. I used to play Star Wars Old Republic, and that was a very fun game. Mm. But I'm not as into sci-fi-ish stuff. 
and, and fantasy. Like, even though Star Wars is more fantasy than sci-fi, really. Of course, you know? of course, like, yeah. But, like, I still love, I love fantasy, and I think uh, I love the epic fantasy, essentially high fantasy stuff, and Final Fantasy XIV would fit that for me best. I agree. I, I agree with you on the Final Fantasy realm. I would definitely want to be in the Final Fantasy world. I'm not big into MMOs because, again, as I told you before, I'm not a person that likes to sit around for too long, you know? Yeah. Like, I have to yeah, move around. Take a lot of time. Um, but, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not a great game. I'm just saying I'm not that invested in it enough. Um, yeah. But, but like you said before about the Final Fantasy realm, is that, um, you know, you, you've got a lot of cool monsters, you've got a lot of cool weapons, cool character design, the world is beautiful, you know. It's definitely, uh, definitely a good choice, you know, for a place to stay. Now, um, we've arrived at the part of the, uh, the uh, podcast where I ask you, Avedon, um, if you had a piece of advice that you wanted to give to someone... It doesn't necessarily have to be game-related if you want to, uh, but what advice do you have to impart to the listeners of this podcast, if you have any? Oh, in general? Like, yes, like, in like general. general <laughs> yes, general or gaming, whatever you want to throw out there, just sure. a, a nugget of advice. Sure, I guess one thing I could say I mentioned maybe is like, um, I think we've talked about it a little bit in the, in the hangout we had beforehand, but like... Yes. You can always improve, essentially. Like, there's ne- never things are never perfect. You you know you're never you're never gonna hit a point where you achieve you know perfection. You never hit never gonna hit a point that's everything's you know stacked. He's gonna hit is at a point where like you know you, you need to stop essentially. So every day you can improve something. You can you can and like progress is you know like it can be small, but it's one step at a time. It's, it's, it's what I call like essentially I have a, like a philosophy where I call like the, the power of one. Yes. Everything starts with one. The first step, the first thing you you have to make the choice to take the risk and to just begin something. Once you've begin in, once you've once you've taken a step to begin something, you can progress from there and, and improve. And, you know, it, if you're willing to, to take that and to, to go with that, like, um, you know, it's, it's very helpful in terms of like, in terms of, as for me, in terms of mindset, to make me feel like I can be changing every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like, you know, the same person I was one year ago or two years ago. I feel like I've always, I always want to try to improve. I want to try to learn something new. And that kind of philosophy has helped me in, in trying to always adapt to the world and try to um, get better. And, and so whether I'm playing games or something like that, I don't want to just play the game. Like, I, mean, I can for a lot of games I can, but for the ones I care about the most, for the stuff I, I, I personally important, like my career and my like, relationships, I want to improve those every time, every yeah. single day. So. Well, that's, that's a great piece of advice. You know, I, I appreciate you sharing that with them. That um, reminds me of um, the movie. I don't know if you have seen it. It's called American Underdog. It's uh, it's a football movie. It's about Kurt Warner. Uh, If you don't know who Kurt Warner is, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. And, uh, you know, he was a gentleman that was, uh, you know, uh, he was all about football, you know, and uh, he was not getting his chance and, you know, he was starting to get up there in age and people were telling him, maybe you shouldn't really consider football, your your career, whatever. And uh, he, uh, you know, uh, considered it to be uh, a test, you know, like he was just like, OK, 
how can I improve this? You know, he's like, I may not be in the best situation. Like, there's a part in his life where he's working at a supermarket and he's stocking shelves, you know? And he has two kids, he's got a wife, you know, uh, and, you know, he's not getting paid the best at a supermarket. But he said that, you know, this may not be where I want to be right now, but I'm going to do the best that I can at this job. And so he always made sure that everything was properly put away and everything like that. And eventually, you know, he uh, moved on from the job and started playing, uh, I, I think it was arena football or whatever. And then he did very well in arena football. And then eventually that caught on with him being into the NFL. You know what I mean? But he could have, he could have easily just had said, okay, football isn't for me. I'm going to stop and do something else. He could have said that, but because he was persistent and he was always, like you said, doing that 1% difference, he was, you know, eventually got to his goals. And even when he achieved those goals, he still moved on to, you know, other things that would project him further, you know, because some people, they like to be complacent. You know, they like to stay in their their zone, which is perfectly fine if you want to do that. But if you do want to improve yourself, you have to constantly challenge yourself. And that's just how it is in general, you know. And uh, Yeah. So if you can set challenges for yourself, milestones and anything like that, even very like said very small steps. Exactly. Like, it'll help a great deal. Like you can because like games do this really well. They they reward reward you for making improvements and they encourage it by by giving you stuff in the game by you know with with the graphics with, with cool scenes with with the uh, audio cues like with, with improvements to your character in general like you feel like you're improving what, what, what these games do so well is like they make you feel like you're improving all the time so it's, it's easy to get sucked into like, okay every day i'm progressing i'm getting a higher level i'm getting more stats whatever so you just kind of have to like to some degree like take that philosophy to the to your real world where everything you do is, is really improving you. You don't see it's not a character sheet. You're not going to see that yeah. as clearly, but you are improving as a person, as a, or as a, whatever your work, whatever you are in your work field. Like you are getting better. It's just more abstract. So you, you have to understand that it's like that. So yeah, it's one of these we can never learn from games at least. Exactly. Exactly. Like, um, I was remembering final fantasy. I think it's, what was it? Final fantasy eight, I believe with squall. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy VIII with Squall, and like uh, the way that the character is, like he's just uh, some teenage kid, you know, and he goes to school, you know, he doesn't necessarily, I don't think, like school, you know, he's just there to be there, and then you know he's thrust upon with this uh, responsibility that he's kind of reluctant to take on, you know, and then as the game progresses. He, he, you know, he improves himself, improves the people around him, ends up saving the whole entire world, you know, so it's like, and this was all done in baby steps, like you said, you know, like, he, you're introduced to the character, he gets inducted into the Seed Academy, starts, uh, starts doing those little tests, then afterwards, you know, befriends the teachers, starts going on on quests with the teachers, succeeding in the quests, then taking on bigger quests and then, you know, you get the gist. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it, you know, because a, a lot of people, I'm sure, they look at the big picture more than little steps. And yes, exactly. little steps are always the key to doing things. Now, I, again, 
if you if you don't want to improve, there's nothing wrong with that. You live your life however you want. But if you do want to improve, you have to know that there's effort that's always needed to apply. Exactly. Like I think another way to think about it is like what I talk about, the way I think about the way I think about it is like everything you see like is like a complex thing. Like I'd say like you, you let's say you play a game or you watch a movie or something. That's a complex media, you know. There's a ton of tons of elements that are that's composed of like, you know, like even this is a podcast, like there's audio component to it. You know, we're talking, there's mm-hmm. stuff and stuff involved. But like and people see things that are complicated, like images or like uh, or games, stuff like that. They see it as a whole image, a holistic thing. But every single one of those parts had make it up the elements have to be created individually. So you, the way the way when you the more you understand things, the more you understand a specific uh, say field or, or or a topic, the more you can break it down to small manageable chunks. Because otherwise, it's too complex, too, too complex, too complicated. You know, it's it's just like oh, someone created like someone created a plane. Like what does that mean? Like like. For us as people, if, if you don't know anything about planes, like that's an insane thing. That's insane if you're yeah. engineering, and it, it is. But if people who understand it better, they can break it down to like the parts, individual parts that people make. You know, someone invented this thing, someone invented this thing, and eventually they created this plane out of, out of it. So, as you understand topics better, and as you uh, and, and, and and as you want to improve, you just take things. You take this one step at a time by learning to figure out what they're composed of. What are the, what are the elements that you, they're composed of? Break it down to those elements, and then figure out how you can improve those elements one at a time to eventually create the whole image that you want, the whole uh, skill. You know? Yes. So 100%. it's it, it's it's tough to, to, to think like that because you have to kind of you get to construct things in a way that's that's not as fun, but it's very helpful to to be able to do that. You know, like and people do it all the time, even unintentionally. You know, like someone who's good at something is going to do deconstruct automatically, even if they're not necessarily thinking, oh, did I do this first? Did I do this? Things. I mean, they're just doing things, and then it happens to them organically because they feel like they're just doing it. It's it's like their second nature to them. They don't think about it anymore. It's unconscious at that point. So, but like, but they're doing it still. They know it. They understand it intuitively. Even if they're not, they're not thinking about it, you know, on purpose. Of course, so. of course. So, um, here's the part of the uh, podcast where I give you the opportunity to, you know, share your social media if you want to. If you don't want to, then, you know, that's fine, too. Sure. Uh, I don't have much social media, I think, in general, but I guess I have a Twitter, which is just A-Half-Tabani, which is my name, Andre. So my name is Andre, and then, then it's uh, Half-Tabani, which is H-A-F-T-E-V-A-N-I. So on Twitter, it's just A-Half-Tabani, and then I think Instagram, which is be Andre Half-Tabani. But really, I'm not using it much for anything at this point. I think right now it's just there just to like click like on like mods posts. Sure, sure, <laughs> I get like, it. Yeah, it's all you the part. But one day, if I'm actually get my game released and I can uh, start posting more often, uh, like proposal projects on, on on social media, then I'll be able to, you know, share my stuff like that. Share my my game, my, my, my the thoughts of my game design and stuff like that. So if people are interested in that, they can look it there at some point. Okay, great, great. Uh, like, um, I appreciate that uh, you decided to do this podcast with me, and I appreciate that you uh, uh, could uh, chat to the audience with your perspective on gaming and such. And um, that's about that. So, uh, everybody, until next time, GG.